0: Welcome to the Small Baller Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who, if he was an NFL GM, would draft all Michigan players. Brandon Siegel, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing well. There actually is three Michigan players this year that I would have drafted very high. Like At at least two of them would have been top 15 picks if one of them hadn't got hurt. And the other one wasn't. They, were all, they all should have been first round picks. So, you know, Trevor, I do agree with that. I would have taken all Michigan players. And I don't know if you noticed, there weren't many Michigan State players taken this year. Would you like to know why that is, Trevor?
0: Uh, no, I don't really care, actually.
1: Well, it's because they're terrible <laughs> at everything. But that's besides the point. Uh, we welcome back the third member of our podcast today. We are very excited to have him here. Um, like the, the the good old days. And then he, then he just gave up on us for a month. And that is Ben O'Brien. Ben, how are you?
2: Yeah, man, it, the funny thing is, like, I gave you so much crap, Brandon, for not being here for, like, three weeks, and then I just decided, I was like, I'm just gonna take, like, a year off, <laughs> and now Let's I... Take a
1: hiatus. Like,
2: like, literally, I was I was just like, Brandon's just never gonna come back, and then, you know, things happen, and all of a sudden, I'm like, I haven't been on here in, like, literally five weeks, so I'm happy to be back. I will say, though, Brandon, um, if you were a GM of an NFL team, it'd be hilarious, because... You would have, you only have one draft strategy. You only have one thing that, that you do in the NFL draft when you talk about it. And every single pick that you have, you would just trade back. All right. Like you would get a <laughs> round pick. You trade back. You would trade back for like two two second rounders. And then both those second rounders, you would trade back for like a fourth rounder. And then all of a sudden you'd be like, oh, we just spent four days trading picks and we didn't even pick anybody. That'd be yeah.
1: No, I, I love, I'm such a big proponent of trading back. I wanted the Ravens to trade back. And they, they kind of did. You know, they kind of did. And we'll, we'll talk about it here in a second. Uh, but no, I would trade back a lot. <laughs> I I really would, because the, here's the thing: like every time someone trades back, they always win the trade. You're always winning the trade by trading back. It's it's there's so few times you don't win by trading back. Like, I feel like you always get more value by doing that. Uh, so yeah, and no, I, I I agree with you, Ben. I would just only trade back, and I probably would only take Michigan players. And that's probably why I will never be a GM. But I can hope and dream. And I will give my thoughts as as the small ballers GM uh, for us here today in the NFL Draft, which we'll get started with right off the bat. I mean, the draft is great like it is every year, um, but obviously, you know, I have some thoughts. Um, so what, what what do we want to do about that? Should we do winners-losers first?
0: Yeah. So I think, like, we should talk about, like, our, yeah, like, maybe our one, maybe our top winner, and then maybe our top losers, something like that. Okay.
1: Um, I think there are three teams I think that should be highlighted in terms of like pure winners, um, and I, I know everyone's be like, "Oh, this is bias," but it's the truth. Everyone's saying it. That the top winners, the Ravens. This is mean, the Cincinnati game. Bengals.
2: Oh, oh, oh. Okay, my bad. Sorry.
1: No, no, definitely not the Cincinnati <laughs> I'm Bengals. I'm just kidding. However, they did make some good picks. I mean, the Ravens were, were they, they killed the draft. They killed the draft every year. I I feel like they use their picks so efficiently. Uh, obviously, the Marquise Brown trade is a big deal. They weren't going to sign him anyway. He asked for a trade at the end of the season. It was, without a doubt, just going to happen. Um, Rashad Bateman's definitely going to have to step up this year. In the time that he did play with Lamar, he was excellent. And then Lamar was hurt for half a year, so he didn't play that half, the other half. And Bateman was out for the first eight or nine games with uh, recovering from his foot injury. Um, but the Ravens did amazing in this draft. They got to go back in the first round, trading Marquise Brown, which is pretty amazing. They used a first round pick on him four years ago, or three years ago, however long it was, um, and then they traded a fourth in him for another first rounder, which I think ended up being a value of like a mid second rounder, uh, for a guy who's had one thousand yard season. I- I'm down, like I'll take it. Uh, they end up getting Kyle Hamilton with their 14th pick, Tyler Lindenbaum with their 25th pick. Both I love. Center was a position I need. Safety was not. However, the experts think that they will be playing three safeties. You know, even sometimes four safeties on the field, especially with the AFC North and how it currently is. Where you have Joe Burrow, who is a fabulous passer. Deshaun Watson is an electric player. Um, I don't know what the Steelers are doing. They're a terrible organization, but
0: that's also besides the point. Kenny Pickett, um, fabulous And then you look at some of the later no. picks. Oh, God, Trevor, sorry. I just said Kenny Pickett, also an elite quarterback. Ah, we'll see about that.
1: Um, but then the Ravens had later picks that I absolutely love. David Ajabo would have been a top 15, potentially top 10 pick, had he not torn his Achilles. Um, but, you know, medicine and science has gotten so advanced where there's people coming back from Achilles injuries in six months. You know, I, I think Ajabo will play by week seven or eight, um, and then it'll be no big deal. Travis Jones, the the tackle, uh, nose tackle from UConn, who is a historically terrible program. But Travis Jones is mocked in the top 50. He went 76. David Falil, the 6'8", 400-pound mammoth from Minnesota, who started playing football only a couple years ago. Um just a, a Baltimore Raven at heart. We have Isaiah Likely, the tight end from Coastal Carolina, who looks like he's more of a receiver than a tight end. I mean, he literally was recruited as a receiver. So, a lot of hope for the Ravens. I, I think this was absolutely great. I wish they got a receiver, like a true receiver, but we'll see what they do in the off season. Um The next team I want to talk about has to be the New York Jets. You know, I feel like it's really rare we're talking about the Jets after a draft and doing well, right? Like, I don't think they yeah. do that well normally. They're normally a little dysfunctional. They made a lot of great picks, though. Uh, Ahmad Gardner I like. I'm not quite as high on him, but I do like him a lot. But I feel like there are three first-round picks they use super well, getting Gardner, Wilson, and Johnson. I wanted the Ravens to draft Johnson at 14, uh, DN being a position of need. So I I really like Johnson. Supposedly there were some character concerns, and that's why he slipped down to 26. Uh, but undeniable talent. Garrett Wilson was arguably the best receiver in the draft. I, I live-tweeted uh, during the draft on the Small Ballers account, which everyone should go follow. Uh, we might be doing some, some more of that in the future. I thought Drake London was the best receiver in the draft, but Garrett Wilson was an insanely close number two receiver, if not better, Like to be honest. So Garrett Wilson was excellent. All three of their first-round picks are great. And then they had a couple other wonderful picks. Brees Hall was the top running back in this draft. Um, they got him with their first pick in the second round at thirty six. Um, that's a team that really hasn't had a solid running back and I mean I don't can either of you remember the last time the Jets had a great running back. I mean they had Bell, but he was terrible.
2: Yeah. Hey, uh, know, what's his I face? Chris Ivory. He wasn't great though.
1: Yeah, I mean this seems like there's more hope for them. I'm not saying Brees Hall is like the world's greatest running back. Um, but I do like him, uh as a prospect. Jeremy Ruckert. Uh, from Ohio State the tight end third round pick who I absolutely love um, I wanted him to go to Michigan I think he'll be a perfect you know. backup and a perfect two uh, tight end set with Uz, uh, CJ Uzma uh, Ben what's his name Uzama
2: Uzama don't you Uzama, ever disrespect him you. like that again
1: um, who they paid way respect. too much money but that's besides the point so the Jets really really killed this draft uh, the other team and again it's another team I, I just never thought I'd be talking about at this time um, that I think really, really does deserve to be talked about uh, is the New York Giants. I, I think the second half of the draft wasn't overly impressive, but their first two picks at five and seven were probably, in my opinion, the second and third best prospects. Uh, KV on Thibodeau and Evan Neal, who I love. Uh, KV on Thibodeau, I think, is the most talented player in this draft, more talented than Hutchinson, even. Um, and as a prospect, I know that like, people are like, oh, there's character concerns. Very clearly, that was just a smoke screen. I, I wanted the Ravens to get him at 14 if he slipped. Uh, but obviously, the Giants took him at five. Uh, Thibodeau is an amazing, amazing player who will be an amazing player for a very long time. Evan Neal is a left tackle. He is going to be a starting left tackle. He'll be a left tackle for a long, long time. I think they got two really great pieces. They can move Andrew Thomas over to right tackle um, as he is not flourished at the left tackle position. Um, who they drafted first round out of Georgia? So those three I think are kind of my big big winners. I I, I really enjoyed uh, at least the two first teams their drafts, um, and the third one their their first round picks. I I really really liked a lot. Uh, any any thoughts from either of you on some winners?
0: Yeah, so I mean I was gonna point out the Giants as being the biggest winner for me, just because when you have two players as talented as Kayvon Thibodeau and Evan Neal and you get those in picks five and seven, when as you said, they might be two of the best three players in the draft, that's incredible. And that could be, you know, uh pretty pretty a pretty huge impact like right away. Like both of those guys I think are gonna come in to the Giants and have an impact right away next season. And you know, this division, the NFC East like maybe the Cowboys are still the favorite, but I wouldn't rule out the Giants winning the division. I wouldn't completely say it's, you know, not possible. I think they could. And I think they certainly got better in this draft. Um, yes, maybe the the picks at the back half, like fourth through, you know, the, the fourth round through the seventh round weren't as great, but just having two impact players like that is really good. And the Giants, as we know, are very much known for year after year completely blowing drafts as they have done uh mm-hmm. for quite a while now with with Gettleman um so very impressive for them um and yeah I mean I guess the only other team that I was going to point out um I mean I I don't know if their draft as a whole was great necessarily but I thought it was interesting I thought it was interesting what the Titans did getting uh, Malik Willis later in uh the draft in the third round and getting him when you have Tannehill uh, but obviously you know Tanhill didn't play that well in the playoffs you know he has like I, I think you we were talking before this podcast i don't know if it's his last year of his deal but maybe he has 2 years left on his deal and i think that's going to yeah, be Yeah he has next there. year
1: is his last year so this season and next season but next season they they will save money by cutting him pre-June 1st so that seems like probably the likely option if Willis is who they right. want to go with which i really like i like Willis a lot i think he had the most talent out of all the quarterbacks in the draft pluckett was definitely or excuse me not pluckett pickett was the safest choice like he's the most nfo ready today but i think willis mm-hmm. willis a lot like uh uh what's his name from the niners That's drafted team. i'm forgetting his oh.
0: name uh did they draft were they the team that drafted matt coral or was that a different team no uh, no, no no last year last year who man, did they draft? you guys
2: are embarrassing yourselves it's trey lance
0: <laughs>
1: oh i'm forgetting his name oh but, last but, year yeah trey lance Trey Lance, thank you, thank you. Just like Trey Lance, I think Trey Lance was one of those picks where it's like, this guy has a lot more potential than NFL ready today. And I think Willis is a lot like that.
0: Yeah, so Willis getting him in the third round, I think was really good for the Titans. Um, and yeah, they traded away A.J. Brown, but you know, I, I think they have still a pretty solid team. Uh, obviously, they have a really good defense, and I think they did a pretty good job.
1: Yeah, Ben, anything you want to talk about? Even your Bengals, I think your Bengals did a solid job. Anything you want to comment with there?
2: Well, the Bengals, I will say that, Their guy from Michigan, they picked. Um, Axton Hill. Yeah, sure, whatever. Um, Mel Kiper Jr. did say that he was like a, he had him as like the 14th or 15th best player in 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 this draft. So the fact that they got him at 31, what does Mel Kiper Jr. know? I don't know. It's just his freaking job. Um, I do think that was a good pick, but I'll tell you the the winner of this draft. You guys are all wrong. Okay, it wasn't the Ravens. It wasn't the Giants. It wasn't the Jets. It was every NFL fan in America. You know why? I can tell you exactly why. Because the Browns didn't have a first-round pick, which means we didn't have to hear any stupid comment on Twitter about how whoever the Browns would have picked would have been the greatest draft pick of all time. So every NFL fan won this NFL draft because the first round was completely free of the Cleveland Browns, and it was beautiful. I loved every second of it. Two Everything things, though, Ben. Not just the first Cleveland round.
1: Fans. The second round was also free. They traded back, so Perfect. they didn't have a second-round pick either. But here's the Even thing, better. though. I love it. They made two picks. David Bell at 99. I've heard a lot about how he is better than Jarvis Landry already. And Perry I'm sure you Winfried, have. who is a nose tackle from Oklahoma, who they want to give max contract to right now. Uh I, I've seen a lot of bronze fans, they're very excited about Kate York, a kicker in the fourth round. Uh don't know when that's ever been successful. Probably never, but I've heard a lot about it, uh, on my timeline. And I, I know like Perry and Winfried people think are, is like the steal of the draft, and that's all I've heard about. Uh, but well, David okay, Bell ran the, the, a four seven one 7 one at his uh, pro day, and I think I'm faster than him. So we'll see well, how that the works Brown, out, Browns fans.
2: <laughs> the Browns have, have two of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. So they have Baker Mayfield and Deshaun Watson, which Browns fans will say are the two of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. So you, what do you know, Brandon? Browns fans clearly know a bit more than you.
1: That is true. I, I mean, wait, I don't, I don't know anything, frankly. But wait, just, we, just we gotta, to hit on –
0: go ahead, go we ahead. Get, we're gonna stay on this we're gonna stay on this brandon you think you can run better than a four point seven one forty time
1: no no i cannot that was called sarcasm
2: no i think you can't oh, brandon no, i think no. we should do it i i,
1: think we I, should I, should test I would this. run nowhere near a 471 i
0: i think i could break five but not by much we should test it i'll get a stopwatch you guys can come to chicago and then we'll go we'll find like an open lawn of just like open field of grass and we're gonna mm-hmm. test it brandon
2: we should, and then what we'll do is we'll we'll make a podcast all about the people that are faster than, than Brandon Siegel, and it'll be <laughs> embarrassing, because we'll have some, like, offensive linemen on there, like, yo, Brandon's not Brady. faster than this dude, he's Tom Brady, pounds. Tom hey, Brady yeah, will be yeah Tom, yeah, Tom Brady, faster linemen, than you. Some of
1: linemen, they dip down in, like, the 4.8s. That is not slow. Well, because they're, all. like,
2: athletes, and we're not, but, yeah. but I do like think I, that I Tom Brady's to... faster than you. I think Tom Brady's no,
1: faster No, 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 I'm faster than Tom yeah. Brady. He runs, like, no, a
2: 5.5. Yeah, I think you're slow.
1: No, no, that's just wrong. But... um. One thing that I think was interesting about the Bengals is they doubled up on safety, or tripled up on safety, first round, second round, and fifth round. Uh, they yeah, drafted they three safeties, which I feel like is a questionable decision collectively. Uh, well,
2: so the issue is that after next year, they will not have their Pro Bowl safety Jesse Bates anymore, so I think that's also a concern. Um, but I will say, the dude they got in the second round, the, the Nebraska dude, I don't know anything about him, but he is, just watching like his his uh, like film, he is one of the most athletic Dudes, I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, he's he, insanely he, athletic. He
1: runs a sub four four. He's he's it's great. Cra- yeah, he's his four,
2: three, forty eight. time
1: at his pro day. I think it was a four three five.
2: Yeah, I mean they were, they drafted two dudes in the first two rounds that went. It,
1: it seems dudes, like so. Hill and Taylor Britt, which is the Nebraska guy, will be yeah. the safeties there for quite a long time. And again, this yeah. isn't a division that has good quarterbacks. Like it's it truly it was a a thing of need and a, a thing of want for the Ravens and Bengals to heavily invest at safeties. Um, you know Absolutely. the Ravens obviously they took they took Hamilton and they signed Williams the free agency the biggest contract uh, you know any safety had. You see Jesse Bates who doesn't seem like they want to re-sign, but is got a Gardner a lot of money. Yeah. Um, and he's he's a high level safety. They drafted three of them in this draft, so very clearly that was a a very big want for these teams in the AFC North, very very big. But why don't we go over a couple losers uh, of this draft? Um, so my first loser is everyone who's not a bronze fan because we had to hear about their day three (laughs) picks. I'm kidding. That's, that's not one. Uh, the bottom of the barrel here, uh, is, is for sure the, uh, the Patriots, uh, don't understand anything they did, frankly. Um, they, they drafted in the first round Cole Strange, who was mocked in like the high seventies. Um, very, very, very odd pick. You see them draft Bailey Zappi, a backup quarterback, in the fourth round. I feel like there's other positions of need that could have been hit. So not fully understanding what they're doing uh, with this draft. It's not like they had like horrendously terrible picks. like Taquan Thorne I don't think is awful. Um, and he, he's insanely fast. Here I have that he ran a 4-2-8. Um, that's nuts. But it seemed like there were better players on the board who were there. George Pickens, Sky Moore... Um, Alec Pierce were all available at that pick, and they didn't take any of them. They chose the fast guy. So maybe uh, Bill Belichick knows more than I do. In fact, he does he know does. more than I do. Yes. Um yeah, not maybe. But very, very questionable picks there. Uh, the other team I think that, just to mention, uh, again, that I think kind of not wasted their first-round pick, but just there were better players on the board, um, is the Dallas Cowboys. They took Tower Smith out of Tulsa. Uh, he, he's a good tackle, but he, he's he's a very raw talent. Um, and he he also needs to drop a little bit of weight you know before training camp um I, I i think you know most people would say that they see the potential in his game but i i feel like if you're taking a first round pick um that's supposed to be your like starting left tackle um maybe even you know a guard spot here uh you might want to be a little more surefire on it you know feel a little better than i would feeling out of that pick uh, anything else you guys want to comment draft wise before we move on?
0: Yeah, I mean, just I guess quickly with the Patriots, I, I didn't like the draft either. Um, I know we talked about like when you trade back, it's it's almost always a good decision, but the Patriots traded back and I'm not totally sure it was the best decision. I feel like the Chiefs honestly might have gotten the better of that trade because of who now it's because of who the Patriots picked, right. Um, for me with this Patriots team, I thought the number one priority was cornerback, and they did get two cornerbacks in the third and fourth round. But, you know, honestly, I I would have preferred that maybe they took a cornerback with that first-round pick or even the second-round pick. Um, But, you know, it it is what it is. Maybe, again, maybe Belichick knows more than we do. I think he definitely does. Um, But I I think just looking at the names on paper, looking at kind of what the Patriots prioritized here, I, I don't love it. Yeah, I'm.
1: I'm. I'm with you. I. I don't think they should have taken a cornerback at their trade or at their pick. Uh, the cornerback
0: kind of dropped here. Know drops available. Yeah, but
1: it dropped off a ton after McDuffie. I. I. I think if you want to classify now as a corner, okay, but he's not really. He's more of a safety. I, you know McDuffie and, um, you know you you had Sauce Gardner and you had uh, Stigley. Those were the kind of the top three, and then there was a big drop to kind of like the end of the second round. I don't mind that they hit. You know hit a, d- a different pick, you know, hit for guard here. And I, I as always, I love trading down. Um, I just don't think that was the right pick at all. You know, we, we had other guards on the board that I feel like were just better, like players that I, I think would be better. Even like Andrew Booth Jr., they could have traded down again, gotten him early in the second round and gotten even more draft capital, and I would have loved that pick way more. Uh, so maybe it is my opinion, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, but we'll move on here to Small Talk Trivia. Uh, even though I guess we didn't really have small talk. Um, today, we just kind of had the general draft uh, discussion. But we haven't done a trivia in, like, two months. It's been so yeah, long. it's your
2: fault, Brandon. It's your uh, fault. It sounds
1: like it's your fault, actually, Benny. But that's, besides, <laughs> yeah, again, besides the point, time. no need to point fingers. However, if we are um, going to point fingers. a finger...
2: <laughs> well, if it, I did it, point it, a it, finger, it'd me. be out of you. I think it's Trevor's fault. Trevor's like never yeah, on Yeah, no, it's Trevor's
1: fault. Trevor, sorry. You now have two fingers pointed at you. It's now your fault. Yeah. Well, you're I numbers. think
0: what it is is if we look at the scoreboard here, Brandon has 12.5, Ben has 10.5, and I have 10. I think you guys know that I've just had a bad run here, and you want to prolong the inevitability of me taking the lead. So I actually well, think I, it's,
1: it's quite the opposite. I think you guys are trying to prolong me getting more points on you guys. Okay. And I think that's why, you know, I, we haven't. But see, I mean, I, two points is I a big think, lead.
2: I just think, Brandon, you were out for a while because you wanted to prolong you staying in first place. Because you know that I'm gonna, I'm gonna get like, I don't know, in, in a stupid amount of points today. And it's gonna be closer than you think.
1: Yeah, don't don't know where you see all that, you know, playing out. Uh, it's definitely false, but that's besides the point. Let's get to our questions today. So it's twelve. You said it's twelve and a half to ten and a half to ten. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I forgot to do the random thing. So who would like my question? I'm just going to ask up who
0: would like my question today.
2: What can you tell me what, uh, what it, it is an NFL
0: question (laughs) crickets. No one raises their hand.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And uh, and I'm
0: offering double points for it. All right. I'll I'll do it.
2: Oh, that's real big of you, Trevor, to to take the double points, sure. Ben, you
1: didn't. You could have said yes. You didn't say yes. No, it's fine.
2: I am in last place, so maybe I should get the first pick. No, I'm in last place. I'm in last place.
1: No, you're you're not in last place, Ben.
2: Oh, that's right. I'm actually about to be in first place, so go ahead, Trevor.
1: So, Trevor, you can get either one of these points uh, exclusively, so, like, I guess one of them kind of has to deal with the other, Mm -hmm. so it's kind of like a two-part question, basically. Um, Which, you know, again, Ben, it's honestly kind of good for you because you get a little bit of an advantage here. Um, In this century, the 21st century, okay, so basically our lifetime, since 2000, there um, has been a certain amount of teams that have not drafted a quarterback in the first round. So the first question is how many teams have not drafted a quarterback in the first round? And can you guess those teams would be the second point. Now, I'll say this. Let's say you guess the wrong number, but you guess all of the teams correct, even though like there's more teams than that. If that makes sense, like let's say you guess 10 teams, and it was actually only 5, but you got all 5 of those teams in your 10 guesses. I will give that point to you,
0: because mm-hmm. that is quite a difficult question. So I'm
1: giving a lot of leeway here.
0: Okay, so this two-part question, you said this is since 2000. So, yes. so the two, the 2000 NFL Draft... How many teams have not drafted a first-round quarterback? And then part two is name every single team to get that second point. So basically, I can get one point by naming the number of teams, and then I can get a second point by naming every single team involved. Yep. Okay, so that's pretty difficult. Um, But we're going to take a stab at it. So... You know, again, you always got to think about here with the, with the ability to steal the, this dynamic that we have with the trivia. Now, you can't can't really give out the thought process here, but Just obviously, think freely, Trevor.
2: Just think freely. Uh,
0: I don't want to think too don't freely. Don't worry about me. But you know, you got to think about obviously the teams you know that have been good for a while normally have good quarterbacks. So teams that normally have good quarterback situations, obviously, probably weren't necessarily taking a lot of quarterbacks in the first round. Uh, probably weren't taking any, so I have. Let's see, one team in mind, and we're including this draft, correct? I would assume, right? We're including. Um. This so year's this draft. this
1: was posted before the draft. However, it it didn't. It doesn't matter. It didn't change. Okay.
0: Cool. So, that so basically saying that the Steelers, the like the Steelers. Steelers were the only yeah, yeah. ones that took a first-round quarterback, but they that's, already had taken a that's, first-round quarterback. That's what I was. That's what I was. I was thinking about the Steelers. Okay, so they're. So I guess that's kind of a
1: hint, but like not really. You know. The, okay, so the Steelers. Thirty-one other teams. First-round quarterback. Okay. It's a tough question. It is definitely a tough question.
0: <clears throat> so, thirty-one teams. I mean, I can certainly think of a bunch of teams who have drafted first-round quarterbacks. I can tell you that much. Um, so mm-hmm. then the process is just like thinking about okay, which teams have not so. I have one team in mind. Um, I have let's see, if I just go through divisions, I mean uh let's see. Like go through the AFC East. Okay. So I I can think about that, I can go through it. Alright. Uh honestly you guys you guys can can I like think about this while you guys like have a little discussion about this, or I don't know.
2: <laughs> I mean
0: there's no I discussion like, to be no. Behind. you just gotta call for the answer. A... I think Trevor needs
2: to come up with an answer. This is a question (laughs) where— I'm taking nine
1: years on this. You you got got 30 (laughs) seconds to come up with an answer.
2: (laughs) All
0: right, all right. I'll come up with an answer. Okay, so it's got to be very few, I I would think. It's got to be very few. Um, First-round quarterbacks since 2000. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, There's no way I'm going to get all the teams correct. I'm just going to say that it's—I don't know. Uh, four, I'll say four. It's a random, random guess because okay, I, need, four. I need like I need like ten minutes for this question, but I don't have that. So I'm gonna say four. Uh, we'll say the Patriots are one of those teams. Uh, we will say. Well, we know that the Steelers aren't one of those teams. Um, I'm gonna say. I think, I think the Ravens are one of those teams. I think that. Let's see, Patriots, Ravens. I need two more. First round quarterbacks. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. It's gonna be it's gonna be like random guesses after this. Like, I don't know. Let's go with the. I don't know. Who's been good for so long? Uh the how about the Seattle Seahawks and the. Hmm. Who's always good? I don't know. Um I don't know. We'll go to the Cowboys. That's probably wrong. But those are my four teams, and I'm going to say four.
1: Okay, um, you're not correct.
2: That was a all. very difficult. question. You said
1: the Patriots. They drafted Mac Jones last year in the first round. Yeah,
2: Trevor, fake fan. And you Lamar said got drafted The Ravens. Drafted first round.
1: They've only drafted first round quarterbacks. Joe Flacco was first round, and Lamar was number 32 overall, that was a very greatest pick question. they've ever made. Um, so not the greatest there. Um, yeah. But Ben, it's 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 now up to you because you were incorrect on both
2: answers. So this is a really tough question. It's okay? hard. It's hard. And That's there are two of those points. Two of those teams, just going through really quickly, I probably forgot some of the two of those teams I would have guessed too. Okay. I do I can't think of any for the Cowboys. because right? I don't think Romo Romo definitely was a first rounder, and I don't think Dak was. Um and the Seahawks, I can't think of any first rounders for them. Okay. So okay. those two, I'll guess. I have to give a number, don't I? Oh man. You do have um, to give a number. Just, I know. But you know what it is third, at though. four.
1: I, you know it is at four. Yeah.
2: I can't think of any for the Broncos either. Like who what first round Quarterback of the Broncos drafted recently. I guess I can't think back to 2000, and then I can't think of the Saints either. The Saints are another one. So I was actually gonna say four, but now I'm afraid to say four. I'll say three. Okay, so I'm gonna go three. Do I have to guess the teams? I'll I'll, uh, I'll yeah. go Saints, Cowboys, Seahawks. That's my final answer.
1: Ben, you are a hundred percent correct. Wait, am I really? <laughs> three teams: Seahawks, Cowboys, and Saints.
2: <laughs> I mean go. Russell
1: Wilson. Let's see what they say here. Seattle, they drafted Hasselbeck, um, who is a sixth-round pick, and then Russell Wilson, who is a third-round pick. Uh, The Cowboys drafted Romo, who signed. He was undrafted. He was undrafted, actually. And Dak was a fourth-round pick. Um, For the Saints, Drew Brees was a – I don't even see what – I think he was a second-round pick. I could be wrong. Drew Brees
2: didn't – they didn't draft – the Saints didn't draft Drew Brees.
1: Oh, you're right. The Chargers drafted him. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Ben, you got it all right. Trevor, you were actually oh, pretty tre- close. You just need the Saints. Your other
0: two guesses were pretty terrible. I'm not uh, going to lie to you. Just just give me an L. Especially that's, since you like one of the teams.
2: Listen, yeah, that, that Patriots one was a bad guess,
0: Trevor. Listen, to defend myself and honestly, just give me the L, but like, you put me on the spot. This is a question that requires like 15 minutes. You wanted it. I asked
1: who
2: wants the developed. question. Yeah, Trevor, you did honestly, want Trevor, it. Honestly, Trevor,
1: you took one for the team because Ben it's got it.
0: Not only did he yeah, get it, but he got it fully right. So that good. was clutch because uh, I
2: had, I had time to go through every division and think of every team. So this that was clutch, is a sure. thanks for taking a while. This
0: is a uh, Ricky Bobby. You're, you're Ricky Bobby Ben, and I'm I'm shooting you to the top of the racetrack. You're in first place.
2: Yeah. Soon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shaking big. Thanks. Appreciate well, he's it. not
1: in first place still. He's he's at eleven and a half, and I have twelve, so he's still not in first place. But he can go into first place now uh, because of you. Um, okay, so Trevor, I asked you the question. It is your turn to ask Ben, right?
0: Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Okay. Well, in my opinion, my question is about fifty times easier than Brandon's question. Um, Sweet, let's so do here it. it is. It's interesting um, you, you're
1: making fun of me for it not being easy. You almost got it, Trevor. You were instead of four, you could have guessed three, and you got yeah. two of the teams. And Ben got it a hundred percent correct, so it wasn't that hard.
0: It was pretty hard, but um. It was pretty hard. Anyway, so Chris Paul in Game Six uh-huh. of the NBA playoffs. NBA. Uh,
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, NBA! You didn't even know it could be what college I'm Chris Paul go to, and you know, and
2: you start with Chris Paul, who I just I made very clear about forty five minutes ago that I'm not a fan of. But okay, go ahead, continue. It could okay.
1: be anything, Ben. I mean, you know what know. college
0: Chris Paul went to?
2: Uh, Wake Forest. There you go. It couldn't yeah. be that. All right, all right. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead.
0: So Chris Paul uh in Game Six against the Pelicans, uh finished with thirty three points. He shot fourteen of fourteen from the field perfect yeah. and that is that is the most made yes. field goals without a miss in a single playoff game yes. so my yes. question is who is the player that has the most made field goals yes. without a miss in an yes. nba regular season game so chris paul has yes. the record um, yes. with 14 in a in the playoff game who is the player that has the most made field goals without a miss in a regular season game in nba history
2: yeah, so I, I knew the answer before you finished the question. Now you saying regular season stumps me, but I know it's Will Chamberlain because I'm pretty sure I've asked this exact question on this podcast like years ago. But I believe it's Will Chamberlain, <laughs> the final answer.
0: Wait, no way. You think you've actually asked this question
2: before? I, I remember we we were in the in the right. studio in the cooling center at Bowling Green State University and I remember asking this exact question. I'm be I believe to be honest, I believe Trevor. I, I think he this. I think he's number like one, two, and three, or one and two. He's got the top two or three.
0: He is the top two. Um, so, yes. Will Chamberlain. <laughs> oh,
2: yes. yes. Correct answer. I, I knew that answer.
0: Um, that tie, that Ben, you are now tied with Brandon. You're welcome. No, no, he's in first. Um, he's in first. He's in
1: first now at 12.5. Oh, go.
0: wait, no, I had 12.5. You had both 12 have 12.5. Half. Half. So, you're welcome. Uh, what a, yes. Will that's Chamberlain great. has right, the Trevor, number 1. You're, you're and number gifting
1: two spots. him. You're gifting him points.
2: Man, hey, what is I going just a, on? I just needed I, I, like a, I a three month break from this pod tra- podcast. And I'm ready to go.
0: I didn't realize you knew, that knew, that knew answer. the answer.
2: Yeah, that was all an right. easy one. Because, again, it's one of those where, like, any stupid stat, any absurd stat, it's probably going to be Will Chamberlain because he's a freak. Yeah.
0: So. yeah Thanks, right. Trevor. Well, Appreciate that be question. Ben? Could be could be Kareem, could be Shaq, but no, it's Will.
2: Yeah.
1: Ben, it is it is to you no. now. Your question okay, for me.
2: Okay, Brandon, here's my question. NFL draft question. Okay. All
1: right. I should get Since this.
2: 1967, That's... which is often referred to as the common draft era, if you didn't yeah. know. Since 1967. Which team, okay, so you got a 132 uh, chance of getting this right. Which team has had the most first-round picks? Most first-round picks. Which
1: team has had the most first-round picks?
2: In the common draft era.
1: Which team has had the most first-round picks?
2: Yep. You mean... Which team has had the most first-round picks? You mean
1: first overall? No,
0: first
2: round. No, first round. Interesting. First overall, I was gonna do, but there was a tie, so I don't want to do that question. First round picks.
1: What team has had the most first round picks? It's gotta be. Yep. I feel like this question's harder than my question because, like, I feel like I feel like there's probably 15 teams that are within probably five picks of each other.
2: Yeah, this question's really hard. I'm not gonna lie. Which
1: team has had the most first round picks? Um, I, it's, see, yeah, I mean, this is a complete shot in the dark. I'm not gonna, like, specifically know it. Um, let me think. Let me think. I mean, like, I guess I'll just pick, like, a really old team. You know, like, I, I, that it can't be, like, there's no methodology to this.
2: I disagree. Really. Go ahead, continue.
1: You think there is some methodology I do. It?
2: I think there's strategy to it. I can tell you my thought process if I were to be asked this question. But go ahead. Um, Continue.
1: I mean I'm just gonna pick a team that's old and been around a while. I won't take much longer on this. I'll pick the Kansas City Chiefs.
2: Is that your final answer?
1: Final answer. Don't feel so confident, but my guess.
2: Kansas City Chiefs is incorrect, Brandon. It is not the Kansas City Chiefs, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Trevor, you now have a one in thirty one chance of getting this question right.
0: Oh, well thanks. I appreciate those the odds, you know, getting better for me in my favor
2: hey it's a numbers game trevor i'm trying to help you out
1: i mean i can okay. definitely tell you a couple teams it's not like i firmly believe it is not a couple teams
0: what teams are those
1: i'll say after <laughs> <laughs> if you were smart you'd
0: be able to get them get them all trevor which sure. ones like you a hundred percent can rule out so first round picks so you know and brandon kind of said if it's like number one picks that obviously makes this a lot easier um but first rounders yeah it does make it pretty difficult um so I don't know. I mean, cuz then you got to incorporate like obviously it's going to be an older team for sure, you know, obviously it's been around that long. And then you got to think like are there certain teams that, you know, trade out of that first round more often? Like as of late, yes, like the Patriots, the Ravens both trade back a lot. Um but what about, you know, and obviously the Ravens, the Ravens obviously aren't the answer to this question, but um you got to think no, back, what, what, you know, what are you saying here? To <laughs> I'm going through my thought process, unlike unlike you. Um, but anyway, I, I have no clue. It's going to be shut in the dark for me, too, because like first-round picks, I don't know. It, it, it In theory, it could be a good team, too, because it's first-round picks. I'm going to go with my initial answer, and I'm just going to say it's the Cleveland Browns. But it's probably wrong.
2: Trevor, you need to be more confident in yourself. You are wrong, though. Um, it is not the Cleveland Browns. Can I, can I give another um, guess? This
0: for fun.
1: Sure. Is it the Eagles? No. So, hold on, Trevor. I, uh, let me explain. You can definitely want a couple teams. You can rule out the Jags, Texans, and Ravens. For yeah, sure.
2: Yeah. Anti- because they weren't probably. a
1: team for... They were yeah. a team for, like, 30 of those
2: years. That's what I said. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: Like, for sure, rule those ones out. Okay, so who is it, Ben?
2: Um, it's the Bengals.
1: Oh, oh is it really? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, so... I actually don't like this question, but I will say it's hard to find NFL draft trivia questions, and I, my thought process was – I have a lot of good questions, but my thought process was I was afraid to do exactly what Trevor just did and ask a question that's already been asked. Um, so I didn't love this question, but the answer was the Bengals, so I'm like, I'm just going to ask it How many what is it? Uh, it is 65.
1: And, like, what is, like, 10th place? Like, 62?
2: I don't know. It just tells me who's number one. Oh. The 49ers are number two at 63. Yeah, um, I mean, there, there, I will there was say no that. way – I know. I feel bad now because it was a really hard question. Okay, yeah. but yours was hard too. But um,
1: mine was not did, that hard. You guys both the, almost got it. The
2: way the way I would, I would think about this is just what teams have been around longer than thirty years, like you said, um, and then what teams rarely ever make trades in the NFL draft. And until two years ago, or three years ago, the Bengals literally never made a trade in the NFL draft. They would just have seven picks every year. Um, but but which here's I guess the thing, you would know that. Here's the but, thing:
1: like sixty-five. I mean, you said that started in sixty-seven. Yeah. So they just have, they've never traded their first round pick.
2: Yeah, because they don't ever do that.
1: And then like even some of the other teams like like you said who was second the Niners like the Niners could have yeah. traded their first round pick in like 1985 and like I would never know you
2: know. So, so uh, this is what I'm hearing a lot of. I'm hearing a lot of you complaining because you're no longer in sole <laughs> possession in first place and that's okay. Like I feel I I can feel your insecurity, but just know that I'm coming uh-huh. for you.
1: Hey, well now we're now are we tied? We're tied, right?
2: Shake and bake. don't know. Are we? Are we tied, Trevor? Trevor? Yeah, yeah, you guys are tied. Okay, so so who's in? So who I'm just real quick, who's in last place then?
0: Oh. Oh, uh, I don't know. How many people are on this podcast? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding.
2: <laughs> Not you know what's gonna happen is next week. Next week, <laughs> we're all gonna come with insanely hard questions because now the now it's pretty clear that that really hard questions are in play. So now we're never gonna get any points right after this. Because Trevor's gonna come with a hard one next week to redeem himself. Um yeah, so we might be screwed.
0: I think I think every listener of this podcast. Podcasts can agree that I ask the easiest questions. Yeah, you do
1: ask the easiest questions.
2: Okay, to be fair, yeah. I feel like mine typically aren't that hard. This one was really hard. I think I think Brandon typically asks the hardest questions. If I'm being yes. honest, yes, yes, typically I, I, he does. I'll take
1: that title. But here's the thing: like when I come up with my questions, I don't think like to me, I'm like, oh, like I feel like one of you, like for example, this one, I offer two types of points. One of you just had to guess a number, and mm-hmm. you guys are both right. Like it was low, so like Trevor, you guess four. Like it was in my head, I'm like, okay, like Ben's gonna guess three you know Now, getting them right was probably a little bit more lucky but like i thought you guys could like Trevor I was like he could get very well get like if i were you i would have guessed 32 and just said every team cuz then you would have got it right half of it
0: you would have at least you know got one point wait what now that i'm thinking no. about this to wait, be hold fair, on
1: you could have sorry go ahead Trevor go ahead you could have known no, no. it
0: no cuz i thought you no cuz i thought the I, question I was told you, you have to get the exact I said number it, the exact teams
1: no, no, I said you could guess more. And if you got those three teams, you oh, still would he, get it. No,
0: that's no, whatever. Um, no, that's right. what I would have done. We 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 should would have move on. No, here's we what I'm should thinking, on, okay?
2: Yes. If, we're, if we're being honest, I asked the easiest question. No, I think I asked ask. the easiest question. Here's why. My <laughs> question, your, Brandon, yours was two part. Yours were two part. That's kind of hard. Two parter. Mine was the easiest question because mine was multiple choice. I had a one in thir- You had a one in 32 chance of getting it right. Trevor asked the hardest question. There was no. there's, How many NBA players has there been in the in the history of the NBA? That's All the right, hardest we, question. Because no, okay. no, no, no. mine, no. mine thing, was a thing, ben, 1 in 32 chance of getting it right. Trevor asked me a, a one that I had to guess one person out of, what, 10, 50,000 people that have played in the NBA? That's not no, fair. No, no. So Trevor I, asked I, the I disagree.
1: Question. I disagree. I think mine was the easiest. And let me explain. I had double the possible points. And one of them, you just had to guess a number. And I literally said, you could have guessed 32 and said every single team. You would have gotten one point.
2: You could have. We're off the rails. Okay, I have, I have a solution here then. This is what we're going to do. We're going to well, end the do. trivia. There's a, we're going to end the trivia. Brandon and I tie, and the tiebreaker goes to whoever got the question right more recently. So I'll, <laughs> we'll just end it where I come in first place, and we'll, just, we'll, we'll never have this conversation again. We'll just stop doing the that. Is, that I'm is a cool terrible idea. Is that fair? But
1: we, we, no, but we need okay, to keep fine. it moving. We have a, fine, a fine. lot of NBA to discuss here today. Trevor, why don't we wrap up some of these series that we, uh, we got going through the NBA playoffs here?
0: All right, so so we're gonna we're gonna review the first round, and then today, obviously, the second round starts. So we'll get to that after we're done. So I'm gonna start with uh, my favorite team, the Miami Heat. They close out the Atlanta Hawks in five games. Um, you know, held Trey Young to a very poor shooting outing, game after game. Uh, Trey Young only averaged 15.4 points per game in the entire series, um, which was quite a feat for the Miami defense. It continues to be. Uh, very impressive. Trey Young only shot 32% from the field, 18% from three. Um, Although uh, Atlanta did have one good thing go their way in the series is that DeAndre Hunter really stepped up. He played very well. He averaged 21 points, Um, you know, and and I think that's just good to see, you know, DeAndre Hunter, he's only 24 years old. Um, You know, I think he was in the 2019 draft. So it's another bright young star kind of that Atlanta has. Now, Atlanta needs to fix their defense, right? Like, That is the biggest problem with them right now is their defense. Like, obviously, they had a couple injuries. Like, Clint Capella only played two of these games because he had a little bit of an injury. But the defense is what Atlanta needs to fix. Um, So this offseason, they really need to prioritize that. Maybe they'll be in the running for a possible Rudy Gobert trade, and we'll we'll get to that a little bit later. But that could be one team that could be in the hunt for a Rudy Gobert trade as they— need to, to find ways to, uh, you know, get better defensively. Trey Young uh, needs to try to buy in. You know, yes, Trey Young is never going to be, like, a Marcus Smart-level defender or a Macau Bridges. You know, he's a small point guard. I think he's only, like, 6'1", 6'2". But could he become as good as maybe a Steph Curry, you know, defensively? That's possible. You know, Steph Curry gives a lot of effort on defense. He fights really hard, and he's a really smart defender. So within his capabilities, he is a at least... Decent defender. Trey Young has the capability to reach that point, but you know, it's got to be about working in the off season And you know, defense a lot of defense is about effort, so Trey Young has to put in that effort and he has to buy in and become a better defender. That's the next level of his game, um, you know, that he kind of has to take here, uh, to get to the next level. Um, but that's kind of the end of this series. The Heat are dealing with a couple minor injuries right now, despite. Um, you know, they're really good play. Kyler, Kyle Lowry has been out for a couple games now. He's supposed to miss game one against the 76ers, from what I'm hearing. So hopefully, he comes back by game two. Obviously, Kyle Lowry is a very important uh, person, you know, player to have on this Heat team. And then Jimmy Butler, who has had just like minor uh, issues, is supposed to be back, I believe, for game one. Obviously, he had an incredible series, averaging almost 31 points a game, seven rebounds, and five assists. So the Heat move on, and the team they're playing is going to be the Philadelphia 76ers. Now, the 76ers, they had a little bit of a scare. You know, they lost two games in a row to four. You know, the Raptors forcing a game six, but the, uh, the 76ers closed it out in a blowout in game six, destroyed the Raptors, and the Sixers in heat is the second round series that we have set up. Now, Joel Embiid, you know, uh, Pascal Siakam was driving into the basket with about three minutes left in game six. Uh, he went up to like for a layup and he elbowed Joel Embiid in the face. Now he has like a, uh, I think it's like a fractured orbital bone in his face. And he is now out indefinitely. So, obviously, a huge loss for Joel Embiid that changes how the Miami Heat are going to game plan, right? Like, it might change their their eight- or nine-man rotations, and it's going to obviously change how Philly does things. James Harden, the guy who just, I think, three or four seasons ago was the MVP of the entire league. Um, he needs to step up because, you know, since he was in Houston, he hasn't been the same guy. Part of that declining athleticism, part of that, maybe because like his diet and lifestyle, I don't know. Um, but James Harden needs to be the James Harden that he was three years ago, in my opinion, for the Sixers to win this series. I think it's going to be a tough one for Philly, um, You know, but it, it'll be interesting. So I guess just to transition into that, my pick for this series is going to be Heaton 6. Uh, Joel Embiid is supposed to be back for Game 3 or Game 4. That's a report that I just read this morning. So it'll be interesting to see, but I have the Heat and Six. I think they are too, too strong on both ends, a more well rounded team, and especially without Embiid. I think they would have beaten the Sixers with Embiid, but without him, that makes it that much more difficult. Um, but Brandon, I'm, I'm going to go to you on this series. I guess, what are your thoughts kind of now with the 76ers without Embiid? Um, and, you know, any other thoughts on the series?
1: Yeah, I mean, my faith in James Harden's low, as much as I like him. Uh, the ability to lead a team is terrible. Um, I'll agree with you. I got Heat in six. Uh, I was hoping you'd say something different, because I, I wanted to be different Say Heat and six, but that just seems the most logical. Uh, with, with Embiid, maybe it goes to seven, but I, I agree with you. I think the Heat are just more, a better, well-rounded team uh, than the Sixers, especially without Embiid. Uh, so I have the Heat in six.
0: Yeah. What, what, what about you, Ben? Any thoughts on this series?
2: You guys are boring because you have the same answer. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'll go Heat in five. I think if yeah. Joel, Joel Embiid's not going to play the first couple of games, um, at the very least, I think the Sixers are kind of ruined. Okay, like like it's. I mean, it's it's no secret that he is by far their best player. And yes, James Harden, whatever. I agree with Brandon. I don't think he can lead a team. I think if if he doesn't play the first couple of games, in the Heat like. Win by a lot. Let's say they win by 15-1 game. They win by 21 game. I think the the 76ers, even if Joel Embiid were to come back game game four, let's say, I think by that point it might be too late. I think the, if the Heat can jump on them early in the series without Embiid, it'll be over quickly. So I'll say Heat in five. I think it'll be a uh, it'll be a a rough one for the 76ers from the very beginning just because their best player won't be there.
0: Well, that's a solid prediction, Ben. I hope that happens. Um, I would be I would Absolutely, Trevor. Be, I'm Team Trevor always. <laughs> I would certainly trivia. be uh, very happy with that. And again, like, w- Embiid is so important to this team. Like, you think about, like, you take Embiid off this team. They would have been, uh, I mean, in the regular season, I, maybe they still make the playoffs. They probably, maybe they squeeze in, but Embiid is just so important. That's why he was top three in MVP, so... You know, I personally, I, I wish he wasn't hurt, obviously. I wish he played in every single game because I don't like the fact that when the Heat win, people are going to use it, oh, well, Joe Embiid missed two or three games. That's why the Heat win. The Heat aren't actually that good. Um, but nevertheless, that's the reality of the situation. Um, but moving on to kind of the next, I guess the lower portion of this Eastern Conference bracket, we did have the Brooklyn Nets. They swept the Boston Celtics 4-0 uh the nets not win a single game now yes it was a sweep but every game was pretty close like so look you know you could just look at and say well the nets got swept kevin durant Kyrie, they got swept it was you know the celtics destroyed them and i think to a certain extent like yeah like the celtics kind of like they were clearly the better team but every game was close the nets had their opportunities um, but ultimately, this Celtics team is just really good. Like defensively, they have so many different guys um, that really buy in defensively. I mean, that's kind of been the shift now with Ime Udoka uh, as the coach. You know, he's really emphasizing defense, really emphasizing toughness. And they have uh, the roster to be a really good defensive team because they have a lot of, um, you know, tall, athletic guys like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, two great wing defenders. Then you have Robert Williams, who's an incredible shot blocker, great, you know, uh, interior presence. You have Marcus Smart, who just won Defensive Player of the Year, the best backcourt defender in the NBA. Uh, Al Horford, like, he's super smart. You know, yes, he's older, but, you know, he can do some things. Then you even got Grant Williams, who— Really good um, defender as well. I mean, at Tennessee in college, and yes, I you know, I guess his college career doesn't relate a ton to the NBA, but that Tennessee defense with Grant Williams was insanely good. That was part of the reason why that Tennessee team was so good. And now Grant Williams, with his capability on defense, is now with the Celtics. So they have a lot of great defenders, and they threw everything they could in the kitchen sink at Kevin Durant, and it really slowed him down. You know, And I know that there's a lot of Kevin Durant legacy talk out there. Um, but, you know, it's four games, it's one series, Kevin Durant is still a top 10, top 12 player of all time, he didn't play well, he didn't play well as he normally does, but at the end of the day, these things happen, like, every great player, Michael Jordan, LeBron, Kareem, all of them have series where they struggle, Uh, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just a reality, so this was the reality for Kevin Durant, and also, like, Kyrie Irving also struggled, he had the one good game, but after that, it was tough, so, the Brooklyn Nets' future this summer is going to be very interesting. Is Ben Simmons ever going to play for them? I don't know. There's a bunch of drama there. It's really uncertain, but uh, you know, the reality here is that the Boston Celtics were the better team, uh, and the more complete team. Um, Ben, I, I wanted to, I wanted to go to you on this first. What what are your thoughts about this series and just like seeing the fact that on paper the Celtics sweep the Brooklyn Nets with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving? Like how surprising is that?
2: So, it's definitely surprising cuz I'm I'm I was on the 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 side of like I actually think I thought the the Nets might win again because they have the better players. I guess they have the one better player. Jason Tams amazing, but Kevin Durant's the best player. Um and I really I I was really a big believer of like uh them being a 7 seed that doesn't like they're better than a 7 seed. But I I'm looking back on it, I I'm kind of thinking like and I've had the, the same like I've had that same Mindset with like LeBron, like his his last year in, in Cleveland, and I was like, ah, oh, they're better than a four seed or five c whatever they were that year. But in reality, you play eighty-two games, like you are what you are. And after eighty-two games, the the Nets were what they were, which is they can't play defense. And they, yeah, they have two great players, but Kyrie, both literally and figuratively, sometimes doesn't show up to the games. Um, so Kevin Durant just wasn't enough to overcome a very good Celtics team with a great defense um, and a fun Celtics team to watch in that. So. I'm actually I want to say I'm surprised because I really did think that this would go deep or at, even more than that. I thought the Nets might win the series. But now that I had in hindsight looking back, I'm like, yeah, it makes sense because again, the Nets just weren't that good all year. And yes, like I said, they had a lot of other things outside things that were that they had to deal with, but they played they looked like a 7 seed in this series. I mean, they almost won a game or two, but in reality the Celtics were the better team most of the games that were played. Um so I'm not as surprised as I thought I'd be at this point because again, the nets are what you are eighty two games you are what you are they they showed that that they're just not capable of beating a lot of teams in the east because of their you know lack of offensive productivity from Kyrie sometimes and their their lack of defensive efficiency most of this year.
0: yeah, for sure, yeah, Brandon, I know we I think we went through like the first three games, but did you have anything to add about this series?
2: No,
1: not a lot. I I was interested to actually hear your prediction on Bucks Celtics. I know we're kind of a little bit in the game mm-hmm. at this point. Um, yeah. What 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 are you taking in this series?
0: Yeah. So in this, so in the Bucks Celtics series, um, I have the Celtics in seven. Um, no Middleton. Obviously, Middleton is you know second or third best player for the Bucks. He is another defender that you can have on Jason Tatum. Um, if he's not the primary defender, he's one of them, like either Holiday or. Him probably being the two primary defenders on Jason Tatum, so that's certainly gonna hurt the Bucks. The fact that they have less defenders to throw up at Jason Tatum, and then you look at like, okay, well instead of like Middleton, now like some of these role players have to step up, play more minutes. Pat Connaughton has to step up, like Grayson Allen has to play more minutes. Like some of these guys that like Wesley Matthews, some of these guys that you know they're 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 decent role players, they're solid. But if you're asking them to play big minutes against the Celtics team who, you know, has a really good starting five, has some good depth, it's it's a lot to ask um, here uh, for some of these guys who haven't done it, uh, you know, consistently this season. Now, obviously, they do have Giannis. Giannis, who is, the, in my opinion, I mean, especially after this series with the Nets-Celtics, you have to call Giannis now the best player in the NBA. I think it's pretty clear at this point. He is the best player in the NBA. Um... So if Giannis manages to carry this Bucks team to win the series, that would be such an incredible like thing to add to his legacy. Like Giannis was able to overcome this amazing Celtics team with this defense. I mean, all the defenders that they're gonna throw at Giannis, all the different things strategy wise, scheme wise on defense that uh, you know you in, in the, Udoka, the coach, will try to do. It's gonna be very tough for Giannis to do all that. Um, I mean I'm sure that some of these guys, Grayson Allen, um, are they're gonna have to knock down their threes. Like against the Bulls, they got a ton of open looks because Giannis would get into the paint and then he'd have like three bulls tenders collapse and then Grayson Allen would just get like practice shots, wide open shots. I don't think they're necessarily gonna get those same shots with Boston because I think Boston at least has like one or two good like paint defenders. Like it's not you don't you're not relying on, you know, Patrick Williams, a you know, a guy who's played Zero playoff games, basically. Or Vucevic, who is a defensive liability in a lot of cases. Compared to Boston Celtics, they have Robert Williams and Grant Williams, who are really good defenders. And then they also have great perimeter defenders that aren't going to let Grace Allen get those wide-open threes. So I think it's going to be a really interesting series. I'm so excited for it, but I have the Celtics winning it in seven games.
1: So I'll also take the Celtics at seven. I know it's boring, but something I wanted to add, Trevor, is you said like this will be very impressive for Giannis' resume. I mean, it's not like the mm-hmm. Celtics won 65 games. They won 51 games. But, uh, I understand the Celtics are good, but is it that big of a feat?
0: I think it is because, yes, they only won, whatever you said, 52 games. 51. Yeah. But they really came into like full swing in the back half of the season. They really uh, ramped it up. They had a bad start. like I think they were at 500. Uh, like in early January or something, you know, the 23 and 23 or something like that. And then they really came, they became pretty much a completely new team. Once they kind of, you know, took that jump, they, they got healthy. They had a couple guys that were not fully healthy. They made the Derek White trade um, and they really all bought in. It seemed like on defensively. And I think they're like, just looking at like some of the advanced numbers, like I think their net rating, I think is the highest in the East and it's up there with, I don't think it's quite as high as like Phoenix or Golden States, but it's at least close and it's the highest in the East. So uh-huh. the numbers in this year, 2022, show that the Celtics were the best team in the Eastern Conference for the last four months. So okay. I think they are a really good team. Um, and it, it's just something. It's not like, it's not necessarily, if we compare it, like it's not necessarily like LeBron beating the Pistons by himself. I, I don't know if it's necessarily that, but it still would be really impressive.
2: Actually,
1: I see what you're saying. All right, well, what's the next series you'd like to talk about? Well, hold yeah, on, hold on.
2: So- Let me get my prediction. Let me get my prediction. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, I forgot. Okay. I, forgot the- I was also going to say Celtics and seven. That's so boring, though. I'm not going to say that. I'll say, man, you guys are killing me. I want to pick the Celtics, but I do think it's going to go. I'll say Bucks and seven. Bucks and seven. I do think it'll go seven, but I really wanted to say Celtics and seven, but I don't want to do that. Plus, when it doesn't go Celtics and seven, all three of us will look like idiots. So I'll, I'll go. I'll go Bucks and seven. That's what I'll say. Yeah,
1: but when it, when it goes all Celtics and right. six, you look really bad.
2: I know yeah. I was going to say that, but you know, fine. I'll change it. Celtics and six. I'm oh, saying wow. Celtics okay. and six. Two That's game swing. Final. I changed my Two answer. game swing. Yeah. Just off Two, of me yeah, saying you, you're going to look. You convinced bad. me. You convince me. I'm all in on Jason Tatum. Celtics. Now, now
1: you're gonna look even worse when the the
0: Bucks win in six.
2: Yeah, I'm not. I'm not switching again. I can't do it. it's all just Celtics in six.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's all right, Trevor. What's up next?
0: Yeah. So, it, and I guess the only other thing because I I do want to mention the Bulls just quickly. Um, you know the Bulls obviously they had an impressive season. Yes, they lost the series. Yes, they were pretty outmatched. But uh, you know they have some good pieces. They have good things to look forward to. Uh, Zach Levine. They have his contract to talk about, which you know. Like though, the, I know a lot of Bulls fans like don't necessarily feel great about extending Zach Levine because it would be a five-year, two hundred million dollar max extension. But my question is like, what's the alternative? Like, if you get if you don't sign Zach Levine to this extension, then where are you? Like, you, you're stuck. You then you still have DeRozan, you have Vucevic. Like the Bulls, this is a team that the goal is to win. Like like now, basically, the goal needs to be to win next year. You need to do whatever you yeah. can to put the pieces around these guys to win next year. Because if not, then win. If if you're not extending Levine, then what are you doing? You're just going to also get rid of DeMar Le- DeRozan Vucevic, and then where are you? Like Then you're the worst team in the NBA, maybe, or something like that. So I just, uh, you know, I, I think they should extend Levine. I think you have to make the bet on Levine taking the jump and becoming a star like, you know, maybe like a Devin Booker. Like we saw the leap that Devin Booker – has made the past couple of years. Could Levine also make a leap similar to that and become a Devin Booker-like player? It's possible, unlikely, but possible. So that's just quick thoughts on that. Uh, moving to the Western Conference, we're gonna go with the uh, the Suns and Pel series. Very interesting series. The Suns did win it. In six games, Chris Paul was insane. I already mentioned the stat when we did trivia, uh, so don't have to go over that again. But the Suns get it done. Chris Paul had an incredible series. Um, just, it, you know, it's just, I love Chris Paul. And at age 37, to be doing what he's doing, it's just pretty insane. Uh, and then on the Pels side, like the Pels were a very fun uh, team this season. Like you had the Hosey, uh I think they called, they said like Grand Theft Alvarado, because he would like stay in the corner on the inbound pass Uh, so that he couldn't be seen, and then he would try to come up behind you and steal the ball. Just, like, very fun player to watch. Obviously, Brandon Ingram had an incredible series. I think he averaged, like, 27 a game throughout it. And CJ McCollum. And the big question, when is Zion coming back? Like, he's doing the pregame 360 dunks between his legs. When is he coming back? Because this team, if you just take the roster they have now and add Zion to it, on paper, that might be, like, a top 4 top 5 seed in the western conference that you know i don't know but last season he was averaging like i think 27 and 8 so i mean if he comes back if he gets his diet right if he stops eating the the pizzas you know whatever good food they got in new orleans cuz i know that new orleans is one of the best food cities in the country maybe the best Zion needs to get on a good diet. Maybe he needs to call up Chris Paul and say, hey, Chris Paul, how did you get your diet right? Like, I know you've gone vegan. Maybe I could take some advice from you. So I think Zion needs to do something like that uh, because we all want to see him back on the court, and I think this Pells team could be very special uh, with him. Um, now, with, with the Suns, Booker's back now, so they still remain my title favorite, but I think the Mavs team that they're going to be playing next will definitely prevent some challenges. Um But I, I guess, Brandon, I wanted to ask you, because you uh, you probably have some stuff to say about the Zion thing. So uh w- what did you want to say about that series and Zion?
1: Yeah, I mean, Zion's never going to become really a great player in the NBA. He just can't consistently stay healthy. And, you know, when you play it that way, you you, you have to play differently. You You can't... A lot of his game is reliant on his athleticism, and when you play at that weight, you you jeopardize your health. And we're just not gonna really see a full, you know, full go from him, I think, ever. Uh, you know, he'll be healthy for a little bit, then unhealthy. So I, I just think, you know, like he said the other day, like if he got a contract, he'd sign it super fast. Well, of course you have. You haven't even played a full season in total, so yeah. you know, of course you're gonna sign some you know big contract if you were given it. Uh, so just not very high on Zion, collectively.
0: Yeah, it should be interesting to you know going forward. Hopefully, he comes back again. We all want to see him play. Uh, Mavs, Jazz. The Mavs win in six. Uh, I think it's I think it's the end of the road for this Jazz team as far as the current core that they have with Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. It's very unfortunate because I'm a huge Donovan Mitchell fan. He's one of my favorite players in the NBA. But he had a bad series. Like he, he wasn't good. Um, wasn't good on defense. You know, I mean, in general, he's not a very good defensive player. But uh, when you're not good on defense, you need to be awesome on offense. And Donovan Mitchell was so good last year in the playoffs on offense, just wasn't the same thing this year at all. Like he wasn't, uh, didn't have efficient numbers shooting from the field. I think he averaged about twenty-five, five and four, something along those lines. Um, so just unfortunate with Donovan Mitchell there um, and Rudy. I think that the move, my guess would be that they probably look to trade Rudy. Um, you know, there's a number of teams that probably could use a player like Rudy Gobert, like say the Charlotte Hornets, who are horrific defensively, don't really have a center um, that's like a, like a solid center. Uh, maybe Atlanta, right? Maybe the Atlanta Hawks, um, and then I'm sure there's some other teams you could look at as well. Uh, maybe even like the Dallas Mavericks, the team they played. I mean, it's, it's possible, right? Like the Dallas Mavericks with Rudy, could that lift them to the next level? Uh, very possible. So I think that'll be interesting. There's been rumors about Donovan Mitchell potentially wanting out of Utah. I, I don't know how true those are necessarily, um, but there's a lot of rumors with him connected to the Knicks, but I don't know why you'd want to go to the Knicks if you're Donovan Mitchell. I don't think the Knicks are... I think that's a worse situation than what Utah is. So going to be interesting to see going forward. But uh, for the time being, the the more important thing to talk about is how good not only Dallas's team has been, but how good Jalen Brunson has been! Jalen Brunson averaged 28 points in this series, uh, five rebounds, four assists. He was incredible, and it, it, it's great to see because you know he's another Villanova guy, Villanova point guard that you know obviously won a national championship in college. Uh, and now seeing what he can do uh, at the professional level, it's just really impressive. And now with Luca back, seeing those two guys, and you got Dinwiddie and Dorian Finney-Smith, uh, you know, and those other guys, Dwight Powell. It's going to be pretty interesting against Phoenix. I think Phoenix is still going to win because again, this team has just been so good all year, sixty-four wins. My prediction is going to be Suns and six, um, just because Luca is so great that he's going to manage to get one or two of those games. And um, you know, again, like Jay, you have guys like Jalen Brunson, you have guys like Dorian Finney-Smith that are pretty solid, you know. But ultimately, I think Luca does still need more help in, probably specifically in the front court. I think, to where a team built around Luka could be in championship contention. Uh, but, Brandon, I'm going to go to you for your prediction on Suns-Mavericks.
1: I am so happy to say this. I I'm I have a different opinion than you, finally. I got Suns in five. Uh, I just think they're way better than the Mavs. Uh, Luka's great. He'll have an off game when they're at home. They won't be able to win away. Um, it'll be a quick five-game
0: series for Booker and the Suns. All right,
1: One ben. step closer to getting
0: CP3 that ship. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. What do you think, Ben?
2: Yeah, so I don't think it'll go seven, okay? And I think the Suns will win. So my question is, do I agree with Brandon or, or do I agree with Trevor? Um, I was going to say Suns in five. I was. But two reasons why I'm going to say Suns in six. One, Luca, I think he will be responsible for a, a win at some point for the Mavs. And two, the Suns, I mean it's the suns right so like somebody will tweak chris paul will tweak something he'll leave a game early okay or devin booker will tweak something again i'm not i'm not manifesting it okay (laughs) relax trevor relax it's not my team so i'm not superstitious here okay well i am but it's not my team so i don't care um and i don't like chris paul so it is what it is somebody somebody will get hurt something will happen to the suns I'm, i'm they're gonna win the series but i i just think it'll go that'll take an extra game i'll say suns in six Again, because somebody's going to tweak something, and that in the combination with Luca and even Jalen Brunson, like you said, Trevor, I think the Mavs can get two wins out of it.
0: Okay, awesome. So you, and also I think the third piece was your team, Trevor, and you wanted to agree with me. I think that was. The I am third
2: Team piece. Trevor. Yes, absolutely. And I will say, I like the Suns. I'm not a huge Chris Paul fan, but if the Suns are in the in the finals, I'll probably root for them. Okay, mm-hmm. I like the Suns. I love Devin Booker, um, but I again, like the history shows that. Last year they they were constantly somebody people were constantly tweaking something in in the playoffs last year for them. They just have guys that that seemingly they'll miss, you know, a game or they'll, they'll leave a game early. I'm not saying man, major injuries here, but I just do see the Suns one of their starters maybe tweaking something and that might be looking back that might go, "Oh, that's why the, the the Mavs were able to steal a game here on the road or at at home or something like that."
0: Okay. Yeah, for sure. So, um yeah, I mean, I I think the Suns are just yeah, too good. So, the bottom half of this bracket uh, we have the warriors who made quick work of the denver nuggets beat them in 5 games jokic just needs more help ultimately like getting jamal murray back and michael porter junior is going to be critical uh, i mean we saw what jamal murray was capable of when he was playing in the playoffs like he he was awesome so you know having a scoring threat like him and then having michael porter junior the good version of Michael Porter Jr. where he is 100% healthy and he's a really good offensive player, not the version of Michael Porter Jr. that we saw uh, early in the season before he got injured uh, where he wasn't very good. Uh, But, you know, Denver, if they get those guys back, they could be, you know, obviously a threat. They could be, you know, top four, top five in the West. Again, there's just – the West is so deep. They have so many good teams. Um, So, yeah, uh, that'll be interesting to see going forward with Denver. With Golden State – we talked about the death lineup uh, a little bit last week. The, the lineup that includes Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Jordan Poole, Draymond Green, Andrew Wiggins, uh, which just was <laughs> incredible. They destroyed uh, the Nuggets anytime that five was on the floor, um, and they're also just super fun to watch. Like having all three of those guards—Poole, Thompson, and Curry—is so fun to watch. Watching the ball movement, the selfishness. Um, the off-the-ball movement, it's so fun. And then having Draymond, uh, you know, at times kind of run the show and orchestrate things, and then obviously what he's capable of on defense. And then uh, I didn't even mention Wiggins, <laughs> but uh Wiggins from time to time, you know, he obviously has flashes where he can be really good as well. So the Warriors make quick work of that series. The Grizzlies and T-Wips series was a little bit more interesting. Uh, the t woofs blew a lead, a double-digit lead in three different games. Uh, the Grizzlies win it. John Morant did struggle at times from the field, but he, you know, found ways to make impacts other ways. The Grizzlies get it done. They were the better team in the series, um, the smarter team. You know, the team that uh, I think you know ran better sets, made smarter decisions. Unlike the T-Wolves, who constantly had pretty bad shot selection uh, late in games. Kawhi Towns firing up threes with 20 seconds on the shot clock and things like that. But nevertheless, it was a great series um, and bright future for Anthony Edwards and that Timberwolves team. Now, with this series, Grizzlies-Warriors, if you remember, these teams played last year in the play-in game, um, in the winner of that game, which was the Grizzlies, uh, you know, took the number eight seed. That game was a game that went into overtime. It was very competitive. But obviously, that game did not include Klay Thompson, and that game did not include this version of Jordan Poole, which is like, like an all-star, basically. Um, so it definitely changes the dynamic there with these two teams. Um, my prediction is going to be Warriors in six. Um, I considered going Warriors in five, but I think, you know, I, I think just, I don't know, I think that kind of discredits what the the Grizzlies have done all year. I think they are still capable of getting two games with Jaw with, you know, Desmond Bain. Like, it's not, it's not like the Warriors are this insanely great defensive team they definitely have the capabilities in the front court for sure but in the back court i think jaw is going to be able to take advantage of a jordan Poole or a steph curry or even a clay thompson who you know since the injury he's not the same defensive player so i think because of that i think jaw desmond bain dylan brooks will be able to do enough offensively to get two games but the warriors are the better team they'll win in six uh ben we'll go to you first on this one what's your prediction
2: so this is a tough one, man. I, I think this is the best series in my opinion. I'm, ex- I'm I, I guess I should say I'm the most excited for this series out of all all of the other ones. Um, again, you got Steph versus John Moran. It's just a fun matchup. Man, this is a hard one, Trevor. I, I mean, I do think it'll be the Warriors, and I think we kind of secretly all want to see the Warriors versus the Suns in the conference finals. But I don't know, man. The Grizzlies are just fun to watch, and they're kind of that all year. They have kind of just been that like trendy team that. You know, they've had some good draft picks recently. They haven't been great for a while, so it's kinda like it's it seems like it's kind of their time and maybe it's one of those where it's either ah, their young team next year's their their year. Um, but they're a fun team. I, I'm gonna pick the Warriors. I just think you know, experience is so is so crucial and they I mean John Morant's great, but Steph I still think Steph Curry's the best player in that series. Um I'll take the Warriors. I don't wanna go Warriors in six like you did. So I'm gonna go Warriors in seven. I, I'm excited for this series and I'm hoping that that it ends up being a seven-game series, because I think that'd be you know, awesome TV and fantastic for the NBA. So I'll, I'll go Warriors in seven. Um, I really do want to see a Warriors-Suns conference final, so I'm, I'm going to hopefully manifest a Warriors win uh, in this series.
0: I want to see that series as well, very much. Uh, Brandon, what about you?
1: I'm going bold here. This is my bold prediction of the podcast. Oh, wow. Warriors in five. Oh, that's not even that. Not if not that you're going
2: to go that bold, then just say it's going to be a sweep. I thought he was gonna no, because it won't be a sweet. It won't be this sweet.
1: But you got John Moran. i will
2: take a game. You said bull. I thought you. I thought you're gonna take the the, the, the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies when you said that. Yeah. No, yeah.
1: no. I'm going Warriors and five. So maybe it's not that bold, um, but I mean the Warriors are just a better team. <laughs> just, oh, yeah. There's not much more to add. You guys talked about it.
0: Warriors yeah. and five. Simple as that.
1: Yeah. Um, so but, I mean
0: that's pretty much it.
1: Yeah, yeah, I was about to say, Driver, if there's anything else you, you want to talk about, I can I will kind of wrap it up there for today. Um, but thank you all so much for listening, as always. We very much appreciate all the support. Uh thank you all to who tuned into my live tweets. We had like almost five thousand impressions on my like twenty tweets I had, which was really, really great. So thank you all for that. Um of course, subscribe to the podcast leave a five-star review if you enjoyed it. Uh, we have the AA team coming out Tuesday at 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. It'll be great. Avery went to the draft, so we're going to get to hear yeah. firsthand about draft stuff from Avery. So it'll be really great to hear that. Uh, but with that being said, thank you all that. so
0: much for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. Go Falcons!